Hey folks, Dan with Holy Spirit Soapbox once again. I hope you are doing well. And if you love Holy Spirit Soapbox, if you can go ahead and go on your favorite podcast app or all whatever you use to to listen to Holy Spirit Soapbox and just like us or give us like a five-star rating or something, that would be super helpful because what that does is it actually gets us into more ears, okay? So we want to continue to spread the gospel. That's what the point of this podcast is, is to teach people about God. So many people have been taught the wrong about a wrong God, I should say. They were not taught about the one true God, Yahweh, and they were not taught about Jesus Christ being our Lord and Savior. Or if they were, it was on this little weird soft type of level where they just don't get it. They don't grasp it. And our goal here is to have the Holy Spirit speak through us so that more people can understand who God really is. And then with that, we all go out and we all love people and we all start serving people and we all live as Jesus did. So if you can do that for us, that'd be super helpful. And we appreciate all of the comments, all of the feedback that we've gotten over the past year and a half now. It's been amazing. We love you all. And I, I, I pray for all you always. And I pray that you can continue to be blessed by Holy Spirit Soapbox. Okay, now, funny story. Funny story about Dan, okay? Recently, I was talking to my mom and dad at different times. Now, this they were like days apart, and I, we were just talking about it for some reason. And they reminded me of a now hilarious story about my childhood. And, and at the time, it was not funny. But now, looking back decades later, it is very funny, okay? And I don't mean to make this about me, but God put this on my heart the other day randomly, and I thought it was its just funny to share because it's going to lead into something really important. Okay, I used to play baseball for years, and I grew up an only child. And I had to find ways to, to have fun at home, you know, when my parents were working, so I had this small little wooden bat. It was a Red Sox bat, by the way. Go Sox, okay? And a squishy baseball, little small squishy baseball. So I would do some home run derby to quote-unquote practice in the small apartment living room. And as you know, playing ball in the house usually isn't a good idea. And they told me not to do this many, many times. Don't play ball in the house. Don't swing the bat in the house. Don't hit that baseball in the house. Don't throw a football. Don't do these things in the house. Okay, so this is key. This is key. Remember this. And one day, the inevitable happened. I swung the bat really hard, but it slipped out of my hands and and struck the wall. And out of fear, I panicked and I tried to cover it up. That night, my parents were home. And they were, we were all hanging out in the living room. This is what we did most often. After dinner, we'd kind of maybe watch a little TV. We'd chat a little bit. I'd play my toys on this coffee table that we had. And we'd just hang out in the living room. And my, I can't remember who it was, but I maybe it was both of them. My dad and my mom were looking at that same spot <laughs> of the wall that I, that I damaged. And they kept looking in that direction. And they were puzzled. Not because they saw any damage, but because something looked a little bit off. Just a little bit off. We had pictures on that wall. And one was moved. Just a little bit to one side. So one of them got up and tried to move it back to where the wall, where that picture should be on the wall. 
and voila, there was this hole in the wall, the same shape as, say, you know, the head of a small baseball bat. And as you could probably assume, I got in trouble. I got in trouble. In the panic, I still almost feel the panic. They reminded me of the story. They reminded me because I remember this. And the panic set in. And I, I still remember the panic to this day. Again, decades later, I had this fear of my parents. And not because of like punishment or spankings or anything like that. Like, I didn't really do that at all. But because I, I really did not like letting them down. I did not like disrespecting them. And I really did not like when they were disappointed in me. That's that fear that set in. But let's ask the question. And I asked myself this question. Do you think my parents were more disappointed in the fact that I damaged the wall or the fact that I tried to hide it? And I asked them. And I asked them. And even though they couldn't help but laugh at the time, the latter was what was causing more of the disappointment, the fact that I tried to hide it. Now, we witness this with people who lie to us as well every day, including but not limited to our children. I'm sure you have run into some people that have lied to you or do lie to you consistently, and you're like, why? Like, why are you lying to me? Why are you trying to deceive me for something that's so dumb, right? Why not just be upfront? Be upfront and let's settle this or let's figure this out. No, well, I said settle this like, well, let's fight. No, I didn't mean it like that. But let's, let's, let's come to a conclusion together or let's figure it out together. Even if you get away with the lying to me, what, what does that even solve? What does it really even solve? If you, if you do something bad and you lie about it, like what does that solve for you? What is, how does that change your life? Because you maybe escaped a little bit of wrath or a little bit of being spoken to a little bit of conviction is that does that really solve things for you but first and foremost friends that lie <laughs> we can't hide anything from god you could be lying straight to my face or i can be lying straight to your face but we can't hide anything from god we think we can but we really can't we focus so much on our actions when we should be understanding our hearts and where those actions are sprouting from Let's look into the Bible, okay? This is the best place to look. If you have your Bible and you want to read along with me, feel free. I'm going to read it out loud. It's also in the description, so you can re return back to it. You can refer back to it later. But we're going to look into Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. I'm reading from the NIV, okay? So Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13 say this. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him, to whom we must give account. The book of Hebrews was written to, you guessed it, Hebrews, who were continuously stuck in religious traditions and law. We're not going to get into all that right now. But the author goes on to explain how Jesus is the Messiah. And he's greater than all the forefathers, the prophets, and, and all these other people that the Hebrews and Israelites continuously idolized. Now, in these specific two verses, the author explains the root cause of all these things that cause for us to stray. It's the heart. And God and his word 
cut right through to the heart, to your heart, to my heart, to our hearts. His word cuts right through all of that other crap. Okay, I didn't mean to say crap, but cuts through all the other things that we idolize, cuts through all the other traditions, all the other things that we say and do, and goes right to our heart. And those words of God explain and describe the Messiah as Jesus. So our hearts are what cause us to do sinful actions. We know this now. Now, because of this, actions sprout from within. But for some reason, we think as long as people see either our good works or bad works, we would then be judged. We see actions as more important. But here, it says he sees right through all those actions. God might see that, oh, okay, you murdered someone. Definitely not good. We all can agree on that. Wow, he, he or she murdered someone. But why? Right? It wasn't just because they murdered someone because they're crazy. That's what we like to say now. Oh, they're crazy or they're, they're bad people or something. No, he sees right through to the heart. He knows what was in that person's heart to murder. Same with all the other sinful actions that we do. My human parents had a keen eye for the picture moved just a little bit. <laughs> they were able to see that picture. Like there was a dust. We cleaned our house really well. My mom kept our house immaculate. But sometimes, you know, dust collects. So they, I think my dad said it. He saw like a little line of dust <laughs> where the picture used to sit. Right. And that's how we really uncovered it. But they, they saw the picture moved a little bit. And it uncovered one of my sins against them. But God was there all along seeing that I was going against my parents' wishes because I was selfish. I knew right from wrong. I did. And still did it. I still tried to hide it from them. I still tried to get away with it because I was afraid. I had fear. I tried to hide it because of that fear of disappointing them. Instead of just being straightforward and respectful of them. And saying, man, I messed up. And I might catch a little wrath, right? Why would you do that? But let's solve it together. I'll help you fix this. I'll renew that. I will restore that with you. Instead of doing that, I try to hide it and get away with it. And even if I did, let's just say I moved all the pictures or that one picture so perfectly that they would not find that damage in the near future. What did that solve for me? Eventually, right, when we moved out of the apartment and the landlord, which was my grandfather at the time and grandmother, they came up, they would have saw that. Or when we was taking the pictures down to, to move or do something with the wall, maybe we want to put up a new picture, they would have saw that. It would have come out to front and everything would have been revealed. Regardless, everything would have been revealed. The sin of me hiding a baseball bat dent or hole in the wall would have been revealed eventually. And that is what the author of Hebrews and basically what the entire Bible is saying. Everything is going to be revealed. God sees everything now, but everything will be revealed. Revealed to us, revealed to man, and it already has been revealed to God. But how often do we do this with God? How often do we forget that God is literally in the room 100% of the time? We can't hide from God. But the fact that I hid the damage out of fear of disappointing them or upsetting them was selfish. And we do that now in shame and guilt. Whoops, I looked at pornography. Whoops, I, I did this 
to my wife or said something to my wife or said something to myself under my breath about my wife or she said something about me under her breath. It's not hidden from God. It's not hidden from God. What do we do when the door is closed? What do we do when we're by ourselves? What do we do when we're in wherever, if we're home alone? What do we do? When Jesus says in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He's not saying the opposite of do my commandments so I know you love me. He's saying these things of love, these good fruits will bear if you love me first. If we're doing stuff alone in the house or when we're by ourselves or whatever, and we're, th- we're thinking horrible thoughts, we have to really dig in and be like, okay, why am I thinking this way? What is provoking me to, to look at pornography? What is provoking me to talk the way I do about somebody or talk the way that I do in general? Or what is provoking me to do these sins? Usually, actually all the time, every single time, it comes back to self. It comes back to your heart because I want to. Because I want to. But we can't hide these things from God. If I loved my parents first in that situation, I would have maybe stopped to think about their teachings to me. Maybe I wouldn't have even swung the bat in the house from the, in the beginning. Because they said, don't do it. They, they, they told me, don't play ball in the house. And I would have remembered that reason is because it hurts them. It could hurt them. If I put a hole in the wall, if I make damage to the house, it hurts them. Now they have to deal with that. And it also hurts me in the long run because I get used to hiding things. I believe that I can just get away with stuff. And then I, I, I hurt myself and I keep trying to lie or keep trying to do things in the long run. By not listening, it made me feel like I can get away with sin or I can keep sinning for selfish gain. That hurts me in the long run, but it also hurt my parents in that short run. So where do we go from here, Dan? What do we do then? If I can't hide anything from God and I'm, I'm going to mess up, so I should just call it quits, right? No. No, that's not what that means. What we do is we bring everything to God. We tell, if I told my parents, I messed up today, I'm really, really sorry. Like I said, I, I might catch a little wrath for doing that. Didn't we tell you not to play ball in the house? Yes, yell at me, whatever. If I had just told them and then helped them restore that wall or help them f- in some way fix it, maybe actually patch up and paint the wall or something. If I had done that, that would have helped them. It would have helped me. So this is what we should do with God. This is what we should do with God. Bring everything to God. If you think about a woman or man lustfully or something, or if you're thinking about sinful doing some kind of sinful action because you want to, Bring it to God. Pray to him. Be like, God, know me. David did this. God, know my heart. Know me. Know me as much as as you should know me. So that we can fix this sin. Fix this. I don't want to do I know it's bad for me. First, we have to recognize it's a sin. But then we want to know how to fix it. We want him to fix it in us. So that's what we have to do. We have to let God help you. Don't hide it from him. Bring it to him. Let's be honest. He sees it anyway. He's seeing right through the heart. But he wants that relationship with you. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to have that 
that trust that we can get through this together. God will help you restore. That's who Jesus is. He's restorative. He restored all the people on earth. He served them. So God, that's that God, Jesus is God, right? We saw God's heart in Jesus. So we know what Jesus would do in the situation. And we know what Jesus would do for us and what God and the spirit will do for us. If we bring it to him, he will try and help restore us. So let's not forget that God sees everything. There is nothing hidden from God. And let's prove it with a couple verses to meditate on here, okay? So Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 to 10. If you have your Bible, Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. This is NIV again. It says this, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Verse 9, But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. God knew where they were. God knew where they were. And because man sinned and in their shame tried to hide this from the Lord to avoid wrath, he actually gave them redemption by asking. He asked them, where are you? That was a form of redemption for them, a restoration for them, to make it up and, and be open to, to him. When he asked, where, where are you? He was giving them the opportunity to look inside themselves to identify what caused this guilt and shame of, of being naked all of a sudden. He gave them an opportunity to, to then go back to trusting in him and trusting in God. Both Adam and Eve then blamed the serpent and then they blamed each other instead of repenting. They continued on with the sin. They continued to sin instead of bringing it to God and being... We sinned. I messed up. And I know exactly why. They didn't accept the restoration. They continued to sin. Similar to moving a picture <laughs> to hide your sin, right? They were continuing the sin. I sinned by not listening to my parents, swinging a bat, putting a hole in the wall. And then I continued on with the sin by moving a picture to hide it. Next is Jeremiah chapter 23. Jeremiah chapter 23, 23 to 24, it says this. Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. I mean, similar to Hebrews, God is saying, is there anywhere that I'm not? Seriously, I'm God. I created this. You think I'm not? all over the place. He warns us often of these false teachers and those that guide us from his love and truth. Now, those that make us think that God is, is not everywhere or everything, that, those are the false teachers, including ourselves. We often say, oh, my wife or husband is gone, so now I can look at these people lustfully or I can do something they wouldn't like while they're next to me. We lie to ourselves and say, God's not in the room. I'm alone. I'm actually alone. When you're never alone, which is actually a good thing. To not be alone, especially when you're in these tight situations, these tough situations, it's funny. In really bad and horrible situations, we're like, oh, God's with me. But as soon as we're in good situations and our wife leaves the room or our husband leaves the room or somebody leaves the room and you want to do something sinful, you're like, oh, I'm finally alone. Weird how that happens. <laughs> we're never alone. Okay, 
What we should do is really give it all up to God. Let him know everything about you. Let him know everything about you. Even if you think he already knows it, tell him. doesn't matter. He wants to hear that. Don't hide a thing. He's seen it all. He's created it all. He knows you better than you know yourself, but wants for you to recognize it. And out of love, allow your heart to be changed. Allow your heart to be restored. Okay, now a couple questions for you. Three questions. I know we are... We're getting longer with these episodes because things are getting deeper. We're going. We're really digging now, okay? So here are three questions. Number one, I bet you knew this is coming. What are some ways you've tried to hide things from God? Really think those through. Question two, how has hiding things from God led to other issues in your life? Question three, what are some ways you can stop hiding things from God? I want to thank you once again, and I would love to pray over you if you could take your prayer posture, if it's safe to do so. Let's do that, and let's talk to God. Our Father in heaven, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for never leaving us alone, for never leaving us, for never forsaking us. I want to thank you for being God. I want to thank you that we can come to you at any time and hide nothing from you because you love us so much that you want to restore us. You don't want for us to be stuck in sin. You don't want for us to be lost. You don't want for us to be just wallowing in our own sorrow every day and have guilt and have shame. You don't want that. You want for us to be restored. You want for us to be with you forever. So I know that we can come to you at any time and just express how we feel or tell us what's on our minds, tell us what's on our hearts, tell us our, tell you our sins, tell everything. We can hide nothing from you. And we love that. We love the fact that we're never alone. And we pray that we can continue to Ask for this forgiveness from you this, and gain that mercy and grace from you because we want to do the same for others and we want for you to continue to help us stay away from temptation so that we, we can be restored, that you can heal our hearts. And we pray for all this in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. <laughs>